Welcome to the Speak Pack Podcast, where high-performing speakers and the producers who hire them merge to give you the insider secrets to the lucrative speaking industry. Antonia Rose, your podcast host and celebrated speaker agent, unveils insider success strategies. Discover a nexus of thought leaders and bookers maximizing your potential in each and every episode. Your ticket to ultimate speaking success begins right here. Catch the transformative insights waiting for you on the Speak Packed podcast, hosted by the industry powerhouse herself, Antoniette Rose. Welcome back to Speak Packed. We are so glad that you're joining us. Today, I'm super excited that I have a premier sales expert with us. And why do you care about sales? You're just a speaker, right? Well, there's a lot of reason to care about how you come across as a salesperson and how you come across as a presenter. Because even if you're just selling a concept, you need to have these deep insights. Brian Flanagan is the one to bring those to you. He spent 14 years with IBM being trained by them as a salesperson. So that in itself is pretty incredible. And then he spent a couple of decades with Zig Ziglar and traveled the world training in sales and presentations. Here is one of his books. And as you can tell, the the forward is by Zig Ziglar. This is probably backwards, but it says, so you're new to sales, an incredible book, the textbook on selling and presenting. And then this is a fun little kind of salesperson's devotional. It's called Sell Somebody Something. Sell Somebody Something. Um, And again, just a wealth of knowledge of decades worth of, first of all, feeling like he wasn't a very good salesperson and to the person to look for when you want to know how to really get a concept across so that people want the thing that you're selling, right? So I will let Brian take it from here. Brian, tell me, how did you go from really not loving selling to being a person who has formulated your whole career around and training other people how to sell well? I was raised the same way that your audience was raised. I was raised in Louisiana. Now, I love Louisiana. I don't want to live there, but I do want to be buried there. That way I can continue to vote. But you were raised in California and I was raised in Louisiana. We were raised by mothers who said this to all of us. Don't talk to strangers. Don't ask people for money. So I went into sales. For a lot of us, we're accidental salespeople. For a lot of us, it's an unnatural act. It's not your business degree. It's not your college degree. And we find ourselves into the sales funnel, into the professional world of selling. A lot of us as accidental salespeople have got to learn their profession. And that's where the breakdown is. I thought selling was talking and I was miserable. And until I got a process, then everything opened up. Selling is a process. It's not a personality. Selling is a process. It's not social media. It's not one phone call. Once you get a process, you can drop your personality in there. That's what I learned. And once I learned that, my career took off. I love that because, you know, so many times you think 
you run across somebody who's like, they have a perfect salesman's personality, right? And that's not really what it's about. I love how you say accidental salesperson, because I think a lot of we speakers feel like that, right? We got into speaking and getting on stages because we had a concept, an idea that we really wanted to put across. And we had a solution that we wanted to share. And in there, we realized, oh, we got to sell something to make this sustainable, right? Even if it's just the concept itself. So can you talk a little bit about why you feel like it's important for every sales, I'm sorry, for every speaker to get these basic principles and really understand them and be able to implement them regarding sales? Well, there are three ways to have success in the speaking industry. Number one, join the Zig Ziglar Corporation as a speaker. Well, unfortunately, they don't have that anymore. That was around when I was around. Number two, fly an airplane into the Hudson River and learn to t- and live to talk about it. Or number three, learn to sell yourself. The hardest part for speakers is not the, the content confidence. It's the sales. It's the marketing confidence. We enjoy what we do. We're in our element. We believe in our hearts that we have something to that would make impact someone's life. That's the easy part. The hard part is getting in front of an audience and being paid for it. That's why it's mandatory for all speakers to have some type of sales mentality. And when you say, so the average person, they think, ah, oh, sales, sales mentality. Like, what does that mean to you when you say sales mentality? Think about this. There would be more people willing to go into the profession of sales if the term for the profession wasn't salesman, saleswoman, salesperson. More people would go into the world of selling if the title for our profession were problem-solving person, problem-solving woman, problem-solving executive as opposed to sales executive. There's something about the, the, the term that we still have a stigma about. And I had the same thing. Again, I wanted to be a high school basketball coach. And then I, I turned to sales because I found out it wasn't hype and deception. It was a way to help people move from A to B, help people return home safely, whatever that meant to them. So it has more to do. Oh, go ahead. Well, we have the mindset is that selling is, and I ask my, my workshops all the time, why didn't you go into selling? What were the negative connotations? Well, manipulative, obtrusive, liars, pressure, well, what happened to you? If you're, if you move to the dark side, if you come to the sales side, what changed? And normally what happens, you get new information and you make a new decision. So when I thought it was hype and deception, I wanted very little to do with it. But when I found out that, especially in my IBM days, that I was helping people be more productive, have more quality, get it done faster then suddenly I was a problem solver. And again, my, my career took off. Okay. So too so often you think a problem. You're not selling something. You're solving a problem for somebody. Yeah. And you said earlier, the natural born sales personality. I don't trust natural born salespeople. 
nor do I trust natural born cardiologists <laughs> because I don't want a natural born cardiologist ad living through my chest cavity. I want someone who's trained, that's dedicated to his profession, that knows what she's doing, continually studies it. And that's what true professional selling, that's what it's all about. So if I'm hearing you right, selling isn't something you're just going to figure out. It's something you really do need to study and be trained at. Is that what you're saying? You're not good. Like a cardiologist isn't just going to figure out yes. how to operate my, on you. My, my, my brother-in-law is a plastic surgeon. When we go to Jim's house, he's got magazines about his profession. They've got all kinds of things in these magazines that you probably don't want to see as a layperson. But Jim studies his profession. When you go to a salesperson's house, they got Sports Illustrated. they got People magazines. And usually people think as long as they have a product, they can talk about the product. They don't have to invest in themselves. And that's the biggest mistake we make is we don't invest in ourselves. And, and if I could broach this story, uh, I was struggling as a sales professional with IBM. And that, that doesn't mean I didn't sell a lot. I, I did sell a lot. I sold my furniture and I sold my car, but I was struggling. And one of my buddies said, go out and buy this book by a man named Zig Ziglar. The book was entitled, See You at the Top. One page, one sentence changed my life. And that sentence was, you cannot consistently perform in a manner that's inconsistent with the way you see yourself. My mother told me that for 30 years. My wife had told me that for the eight years we'd been married. But until I read that book and read that sentence, I was missing success by 12 inches. And that's the distance from my head to my heart. IBM had trained me. We, we estimated about $50,000 went into my training. Wow. And intellectually, I understood selling. But I never felt successful for whatever reason, whatever baggage I had. And what Zig Ziglar was telling me, Brian, let's increase your deserve level. If you follow some of these principles and put them into application, I promise you, you go as far as you want to go. And that's when I learned that you need to invest more in yourself than you do in your career. Let's because, and the because there, personal growth precedes professional growth. If you're selling houses, I want the most updated sales professional. I don't care if they're comfortable. I don't care if they like Saturday listings, Sunday listings. I, I want a person who studies their profession and knows the taxes and knows the, the school district and knows the comps. That's what I'm looking for. A well-educated, effective, not comfortable, but effective salesperson. The only way you get there is to study your profession. So when you said personal growth precedes professional growth, I think that people see right through it, right? They see when you're a professional whose heart really isn't in it. You've just got all the language down. You have all the right moves down, all the, you know, you check all the boxes. You look like a salesperson. You dress like a salesperson. You talk like a salesperson but you may not be a salesperson. So what would you say to somebody who just has a concept, a 
mission to get a message out there. They want to impact people and they want to make a living doing it, right? They want to get on stages and platforms and share these solutions that that they've come up with. That's what I wanted to do. That's exactly where I was. I started a business five years before I got into this business full time. I was still with IBM when I was doing taking time off to speak at conferences. And I did a lot of work with fraternities and sororities, did some sales training. So I was in this for five years as a passion before I turned it into a profession. You've got content confidence. You you may know what your passion is, but here's the, please write this down. This, I stole this. If you steal from me, you're stealing twice. (laughs) Put your talent ahead of your passion. So you want to speak. You want to go out there there and change the world. Does everybody want you to change them? So if you have the ability, in other words, the talent, you'll you'll know better how to present that passion. But when I first got a hold of Zig Ziglar, I was a training instructor at IBM's National Training Center. I was listening to the cassette tape to young people before there were these these circular things. They had these little square. Pl- anyway, <laughs> so I plugged these tapes in and drive 26 miles from Plano, Texas to downtown Dallas. And I'd, I'd be fired up and I'd park the car and I'd run across the street up to the, the coffee break room. And I'd say, guys, let me tell you what the story I just heard about Zig. And I'd see people peeling off and pretending they had to do something because the passion, I oversold it. And I ask people, do you have a passion for what you do? Yeah. Do you notice when you go out and talk to other people, they don't have the same level of passion? That's when I discovered, put your talent ahead of your passion. Don't ratchet your passion down, but be skilled enough to know how to introduce it. So if you're looking at starting a career in the speaking business, what will people benefit from? Goal setting? inspiration, motivation. And then I, in in my book, the one that you mentioned first, so you're new to sales, I've got an exercise in there that says, what do you sell? Well, I sell myself. I sell my stories. I sell my keynoting. What do the customers want? Uh Uh-oh. The meeting planner wants no pressure. The meeting planner wants people to say, good job in the selection of the presenter. The audience may want to say, I want to do my job better. I want less stress. I want more time at home. Well, if you're selling your content and they want to look good to their boss, if they want to do their job better, you're not selling the same thing they're buying. So what you've got to do is to adjust what you're presenting to what the audience needs to hear, not what you want to talk about. That's a toughie. It took me a while to figure that out. Everybody need to know how to set goals. Nah, not really. Well, you know, I've, I've got a great goal setting thing. I'm excited about it. It's got seven steps and it really, not everybody wants to know about it. So what can you sell that people will accept, use, and apply? This is like, a, I, I want to just take pages of notes because I'm wrapping my head around this. This is opposite of, everything that I learned in college, everything that I've kind of learned in all the different workshops, right? All the things. Um, but it's brilliant. And I too want to wrap my, my head around this. So 
essentially, from the moment you step on stage, you're appealing to the audience what it is that they they're looking for, not what it is the if, the if if I'm paraphrasing this right, not what it is the concepts that you want to get across, not the things that you might want to train. It's not about that. It's really appealing to what are they sitting there waiting for the answer for? What is what is it they're wanting? How do you figure that out? And and how do you speak to that versus I've got these slides. I'm going to show them A, B, and C. What makes the difference? Yeah, there, are, there are a couple of keys, and this this is with all sales, certainly with the intangible such as ourselves as a speaker. You've got to lead with need. And by lead with need, what does a customer, what does the audience, what does a meeting planner need to have in their minds when you finish? And that's your goal. You asked earlier, how do you determine that? What do you want as an outcome? And I use this. At the end of my presentation, what do you want the audience to be, feel, have, or do? And sometimes they'll say, we've had a tough year and they, they stopped working. We want to really come down hard on them. Okay. At the end of it, how do you want them to feel? Oh, I want them to feel good about themselves. Then you don't want me to come down on them. You may be upset at them. <laughs> Maybe it's a sales force that you're speaking to. But you want them to to kind of have the riot act read to them. But at the end of it, you want them to feel good. Which one do you want? Well, hopefully it's it's the second one. And it's easy to get caught up in that because I'm going to take my material and I'm going to force it into your, well, sometimes my material is not forced in to their needs. So the lead with need concept is important. Secondly, and I would suggest this to any speaker. I had to learn to do this. Mr. Miss Meeting Planner, one of the things we offer that separates ourselves from others is that we will interview several of your people who will be in attendance. If you got 45 people or 4,000 people, I can't interview them all. But if you'll give me a list of four or five, a handful of people, six, different parts of the country, different titles, I'll spend 15 minutes with phone interviews. That way I can come back to you and say, here's what you're saying, meeting planner, and here's what the field is saying. And let's mesh the two. I don't charge for that. I don't always offer that up front, but as a salesperson, that's my inducement. If they say your fees are kind of kind of tight, your, your fees are pushing our limit, well, wait, here's the other added value that we have. So that's one way. Now, the second way I don't get there if it's a if it's a nine o'clock keynote. I don't show up at eight thirty. I, I show up an hour and a half hour before, and I work the crowd. And when I work the crowd, I can personalize. Ralph Watts is just on there. Ralph's out of New Orleans, Louisiana. So Ralph said that when he's prospecting, and I can use his name, and if other people know Ralph, they know I've done my research. The best way to find out is to ask. That's incredible. Not in my entire career have I ever even considered asking the host if I can basically speak to a, a handful of the people they know are going to attend yeah. and work the crowd ahead. And it's it's not about, again, not about manipulation. It's about really understanding who you're about ready to get in front of, right? I always tell my clients, as you, as you know, I'm a speaker agent, to study the event, study the 
the the literature, their languaging, their marketing message, you know, study where you're going to go to. If it's a, if it's a talk show or a podcast, listen to some episodes. But you know what, mm-hmm. Brian, I've never thought about actually asking the host if you can talk to members of their of the audience, right? And then actually mingle in the audience, get to know what it is that they really are there for and wanting but, to know. But here's the, here's the benefit. That allows me to personalize the presentation. Some people call their, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use sales because I talk to a lot of salespeople. Some people call them sales reps. Some people call them account execs. Some people call them business associates. When I start using their buzzwords, they know I've done their research. They don't call their product equipment. They call them machines. They don't call them machines or equipment. They call them units. When I speak their language, which I learn over the phone, I'm sorry, young people, <laughs> which I learn over the phone. Well, what happens is I can personalize the wording. But part of what I ask is, what are your challenges? Why, why, when you get a prospect, they don't convert? So that helps me tailor my, pro- my presentation to their specific needs. And speak their language. Wow, how powerful is that? I think a lot of people might think, you know, I have a hard time even just remembering names. How am I going to remember some of those things? And uh, what what you've been saying up to this point kind of reminds me a bit of, are you familiar with Jim Quick? Jim, K-U-W-I-K. So he, uh, he had a learning disability and it was impossible for him to remember things, right? So said all of his teachers, so said, you know, the people in authority in his life, but he decided to figure out a way to remember. So I think that if him with a learning disability can do it, any one of us can figure out how to go into a crowd, hear their languaging, hear their hearts, hear what it is that their frustrations are, what they'd like to see working better in their lives or their businesses or their departments, whatever it might be, and retain it. And there's, there's, I guess, like, being a salesperson is a learned skill. Remembering See, some of these details yeah. is a learned skill. Right? I am a consciously competent salesperson. I am not unconsciously competent. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I, I start my car and drive it out of the driveway and turn onto one of these roads I use, and I'm unconsciously competent. I mean, I know I don't know, I know, I just do it. But as a sales professional, I became consciously incompetent when I wasn't making my quota. And I tried to move through study and through practice into a consciously competent person. And as a speaker, oftentimes it's the same way. I'm a big believer that I've been blessed in so many ways. When I got to IBM, we had four weeks of students, the same students for four weeks. Usually they were 20 to 24. I noticed that my first class that I audited that the tent cards were on all the, all the tables in front of the students. And it got to be the end of the, the week. And some, some of the, the instructors were still looking down at the name cards. Well, when I got in my first class, I decided that I'd take the roster that I got the week before and I'd take the weekend and memorize their names. And the first name I memorized, I hope you're out there, Tim, is Tim Burke. He was out of the, I think, the Los Angeles office of IBM at the time. But I remember Tim Burke, but Timber. 
I associated a name and an object. And so I could learn their names. And then when they came in and shaking their hands, I could put the name very quickly with the face. Now, I will say, as I've gotten a little older, it comes a little harder. But if you give me a roster of 40 people, that's generally my limit, 40 people, I can memorize their names before I get there. And you talk about personalizing and you also talk about connecting. It's and, and invariably somebody asks, okay, you're going to teach us how to memorize names. And I can do that very simply. Go to Google, type in name association, memory, name memory association, and you'll find out all the Anglo names of Barbara to Barbara's chair, Jim to gymnasium, et cetera. Well, that's how I learned to do it, but it's an acquired skill. I know that I know I'm not a memory expert. Unfortunately, I forget their names within a week. But even if I can learn, let's say there's 400 people in the audience and I can learn 15 names, I'm still ahead of the game. That is, I hope everybody wrote that down, right? That is another thing that I didn't know. Just go type in in Google, name memory association and actually associate Mm -hmm. the names with with an item or an object. With an item. And this is uh, a lot of what Jim Quick teaches. I've taken yeah, that, some of his courses. He, he may have a different method that is longer lasting. I'm not a memory expert, but it gets me through and it connects me with people. Well, you know, I was I a, I was a um, producer before I was a, a speaker mm-hmm. agent. And I always knew the very first thing I had to do at the beginning of any, any event, whether it was a day-long event or a four-day-long event, the very first thing that needed to be accomplished was community and connection that everybody in that room feels like they're in the right place at the right time with the right people. And could you imagine having the sales, the not salesperson, having the speaker on the, on the stage, right? Or at the podium, whatever it might be, know my name, how, how, what, what would that do for me as feeling, do I belong? Am I in the right place? Am I with the right person? Right. Right. We had we were we were traveling with Zig back in the day when he was doing those large presentations. There would be speakers for eight speakers during the from eight o'clock to five o'clock. And I was in the Staples Center in Los Angeles and I worked the crowd and I get two or three business cards and I asked people, Who are you here with? Well, I got twenty of my my retail managers from my retail stores. Well, let me have a card. So let's say it was Ralph Watts. I go over here. Well, I've got an insurance agency and I've got some of my clients here. So I'll get on the stage in front of 15,000 people and I'll say, by a show of hands, how many of you are here? Well, people, some people raise their hands. And I say, it's important to be, I just met Ralph Watts. I get to know Ralph. Now, 15 or 20 people of his associates are going berserk because I picked out their boss and mentioned his name. And then I tell a joke. Get to know Ralph. His brother-in-law is a veterinarian who's also a taxidermist. He's got a sign above his door that says, either way, you get your dog back. But if I do that to two or three people, suddenly I got 30 people on my side in a room full of, in in this case, 15,000. So meaning you don't have to, you don't have to remember 15,000 people's names, right? But just a, a good chunk and if you connect to that chunk of people, then that that community factor kind of permeates throughout. Yeah, they they seen I've done my 
my homework, if you will. Sure. Now, you, you mentioned something about new speakers, and, and I have a passion for that because I wanted, I wanted to get in this profession, like I said, for five years before I got into a profession when I left IBM and joined the Zig Ziglar Corporation. So let me give you the three M's that are so important. The three M's to your speaking career. Number one is the messenger. How good are your presentation skills? That's you. That You're representing that. That's your platform skills. And I work with people. I, I wrote a course to get the job with Zig called Effective Presentation Skills. And we teach 12 skills. We practice each of them. We're recorded. We give feedback. You can see how you're progressing. A lot of people say, well, I'm comfortable in front of a group. And if I've seen them speak, I may get a little bold and say, well, have you ever seen yourself? Because you're not very effective. So we want to take comfort in the distracting things that we do that we may not know about it and turn it into effective. So one of the first things you need to do, hone the messenger. Secondly, the message. What content sells? What content are people willing to pay money for? What content will impact the target I'm going for? Small businesses, the financial profession, government, school, education. That content has got to be crisp and clear. And the third thing, and this is the hard part. We talked about this. In fact, we talked about it yesterday. The third M, messenger, message, making money. How do you market yourself? And that's what I love about what you're doing, because I, I think that you're on a leading edge there of what you have to, there's the strategies you have, I think are very worthwhile. Thank you for that, Brian. Yep, I've spent a lot of time doing that. And what I, what I love is I think a lot of times people intermesh what isn't really intermeshable, right? They think that the message is the marketing and the sales, right? And they are very, they're three very distinct things. There's the, the message, which is the core content, right? And then there's marketing, which is more of um, relating and positioning. And then there's selling, which is making the offer and closing the deal. Three very different things. And I think that people can be good at one or two or three but sometimes I really do believe that if somebody's good at one of them, they think they're good at all of them. And that's where they fall flat. Speakers who get a fast start in the industry recognize the importance and the essential nature of selling. People that have a slower bill to their career, unless they, unless they threw a touchdown in the, in the Super Bowl. But normal guys like me, I, don't, I didn't throw a touchdown in the Super Bowl. <laughs> The, the, the career is a, is a slow build if you don't know how to sell yourself, if you don't know the difference between marketing and sales and content, as you said. It, it's, it's tough out there because a lot of it's low cost to enter the business. So anybody that's gone through a Dale Carnegie course or a Zig Ziglar course can be a speaker. All you need is a business card and a little bit of bravery, I guess. So anybody can get into it. And a lot of these times we're in it and 
we're doing the same things as everybody else. Well, what are, what are your USAs, USA, unique sales advantage? Mm. What makes you different? What can you present in your marketing and your sales that'll separate you from the person they, they're looking at other than yourself? You've basically, in a nutshell, said exactly why I brought you into this show. Because I, I, I truly believe that if you're going to be an effective and you're going to be an effective speaker with longevity, right? You have to grasp cells and you have to be okay with it. Not just be okay with it, but actually embrace it and, and allow it to be, become as natural to you as, as the, the solution that you bring. Um, if you cannot sell, then you cannot sell your solution. You cannot, the others will not buy what you're not selling, right? Well, Zig had a great line. One of the first recordings I heard Zig, it was called Biscuits, Fleas, and Pump Handles. He's in Akron, Ohio, and he says, here's my philosophy. You can have everything in life you want if you will just help enough other people get what they want. And I saw him live his life that way. But he said, now, some person asked me, well, Mr. Ziegler, what do you want? He said, well, I want to be invited back to Akron, Ohio, because my next talk is so much better than this one. <laughs> so that soft sell with humor, he was he was probably the best at it. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm combing through this book. Um, so you're new to sales. And I, I, I encourage, can, can anybody get this on Amazon? Is it still available on Amazon? Okay. I encourage yeah. anybody to pick this up because if you are a speaker, you are a salesperson, embrace it, love it. And yeah. this is the, this is your manual. This is really the full manual. Um, we're going to be doing more with Brian. He's actually a big, big part of our upcoming launch party. And looking forward to it. So we're, excited we're, about that. And so you got some nuggets here just now. You're going to get so much more from him. And we're even going to have a live after party when the launch party is all done. So you'll get to actually meet Brian and, and be able to talk with him back and forth. What a wealth of knowledge, Brian. I'm super excited to get even more. This is just the tip of the iceberg of Thank all you. that you have to offer. And I'll tell you what, I'm in this profession because I believe our voices are incredibly important, but you need the full package, right? Your voice is is just a voice and until somebody buys in to what it is that you're presenting. You have the other pieces. You have the presentation. We haven't even touched on that. That's a whole nother interview we're going to do. We've really just touched on some of the, the, the key points in selling. Um, what would you say to a person who has a solution that they know they want to take global? They know they want to share it in a way where people can grasp onto it and actually begin implementing it. What are maybe some of the key, maybe the top two, top three key characteristics that they need to start moving themselves in the direction of embracing selling and start implementing some of those skills? You have content that you want to deliver. Therefore, for a newer, younger, entering into the business speaker, you need a process. What process do I use to get in front of people? Is it calling on uh, attending 12 networking events 
started attending one networking event and having 12 one-on-ones? Is it the process of sending things out through social media, through posting on LinkedIn, et cetera, et cetera, having an agent, hiring a salesperson? You need a process. Before you hire a salesperson, you should develop a process that you go and get rid of the kinks and make sure that it's on all cylinders. You mean you can't just because sit in your office or your studio and wait for your phone to ring? And if if you flew a plane into the Hudson River and learned to, and lived to tell about it, yes, you can. But I'm not that celebrity. The celebrities make a lot of money and, and they're at the top of their profession for, because they're unique. Well, I, I'm in more of a competitive level of the speaking business, so I've got to sell myself. And I, I promise you this: you may only wear your sales hat two hours a week. But when you wear it, you better be good. You may wear it four hours a week, but when you wear it, you better be good. Mm. And understand that you need to study your profession and then you need to respect your profession. What we do is important. What we do can have an impact, can contribute to people. That's, that's one of the, I, I got a phone call today from a young man that had said, you told me when I started my business, and he, and he quoted what I've told him. And I, I remember telling him that. And that's the impact that you have. So I didn't do anything other than point this young man to the door. He opened it, did all the work. But I had a hand in it. And that's something you can't put in a paycheck. Mm, and that's really similar to what happened to you, right? You got one line. I'm sure later you got lots more. But one line Bingo. out of Zig Ziglar's book, and it changed the whole course of your life. And that was 45 years ago. 45 beautiful years ago. Yep. That's amazing. So we are here to make a pact to impact, right? With our voices and with everything that we have. What is one last thought that you'd like to leave our audience with, with regards to why it's important for them, for them, that individual to really get this and take this seriously? It takes the fear away of bookings. It removes some of the the guesswork and the uncertainty. If you know in your mind that you can go out and make an effective sales call. I, I heard a saying the other day, good salesmen and good repairmen never go hungry. So if you can learn to sell yourself in a professional manner, you don't have to rely on speakers bureaus. You don't have to rely on networking or word of mouth. If you can rely on yourself, that other stuff is just land yet. Oh. It's, it's fringe benefits. That's, that's so brilliant. So the, you, learn, you learn to sell yourself. Learn to sell yourself. Have confidence in selling and you'll never go hungry, basically. Yeah, right? Is that what you just said? You said it better, but yes. That's, no, I just synopsized what you said. But that's uh, probably one of the number one areas that I've struggled in. Right? I've known my value. I know what I bring to the table. But for some reason, that was there was that little hiccup of, oh, I who am I to sell myself? Who am I to sell this concept? Who am I not to? Right? Yeah. It's, my, it's really my mandate. I'm the only one who can. But you have to have a... You, you have to know how to sell the results and the fact that what you do is not as important as what you do for them. 
Mm. And that's what we mean by lead with need. That's a rider downer. So you're selling, you're not selling the thing. You're not selling what you're going to give them. Or what you're what you, do. You, you sell what you do for that audience, for that meeting planner. Because as speakers, we have two people to satisfy, the people in the audience and then the meeting planner. Right. I mean, we've, got, we've got two big sales opportunities. So sell the result. Ooh. Yep. Perfect. Perfect way to wrap this up. How can our audience, because I know they're going to want to, other than going out and getting this Bible, right? Uh, so, you, so You're New to Sales by Brian Flanagan. I'm going to link it in the show notes. How else can they reach you and learn more about how to maybe get some deeper insights from sure. you? My website is flanagantraining.com. That's spelled F-L-A-N. A-G-A-N training.com. Email address is Brian, B-R-Y-A-N at Flanagan training.com. And then I've got my cell phone all the time on me. It's crazy. And that number is 214-505-5109. You guys have Brian Flanagan's cell phone on this show right here. (laughs) That's amazing. the, the, the last thing I can say that I think helped me a lot is if you, that if you enter this business, be good. That'll get you more engagements in marketing sales. If you're good, people will want you back. They'll tell others. So the best marketing is be good. So when you say be good, what does good mean? Be a good person, exactly. be good at what you do. You, all, all the above, the content, the messenger, the message, meeting the needs of the p- meeting planner, meeting the needs of the conference, meeting the needs of the people that are staring at you. Yeah. Be good. Like like E.T. said, be good. Love it. So don't just show up. Show up. Right? Show all the way up and be good. Show up. Show up on time and show up dressed to play. <laughs> Brilliant. I think I'm going to watch this through again and again because there were so many nuggets of gold in here. So thank you for bringing your wisdom to us. What a treat. What a gift. You are definitely a treasure. And I look forward to, I hope you'll allow me to interview you a few more times. I look forward as well. We've only do it. Put me in, Coach. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, go be good, everyone. And ciao, ciao for now. Thank you for listening to the Speak Packed podcast. To become a recommended speaker of Antoniet's WPC Speaker Agency, or you are a host or planner looking for a dynamic expert in optimized performance, Antoniet would like to personally meet with you. Secure a time with her at speakerbooker.com. Again, that is speakerbooker.com. It all begins with a vision, a voice, and a packed to impact. Join the Speak Pact movement by joining our new private Facebook group at the link in our show notes. Find us on nearly every social media platform at One Antoniet. That's number one, A-N-T-O-N-I-E-T-T-E, or simply hashtag Speak Pact.